everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Another Whiskey Podcast. We're going to explain to everyone what happened first off before we start this episode. Sure. Yesterday, we jumped on a call with David from Star Wars. We were going to record a nice episode for you guys, which we're now going to do next week. But uh, Nicholas had some bullshit about his, um, what was it, your... your internet was down yet you forgot to wind it up in the morning something like that <laughs> it's only the fact that some of the biggest storms uh ever to pass through the northeast in the month of june happened to have come through here destroyed pretty much all of the wi-fi and 5g settings so it was pretty difficult just to get a, a, a communication that properly worked so my apologies for that uh, we will circle back with dave vitale from starward later next week uh, so we're going to actually record that episode on the 4th of July, Independence Day. We're going to take that holiday and, and uh, create a little bit of, of magic with the Mr. Vitaly himself, who's a rock star in the whiskey world from Australia. And in the meantime, Mitch and I thought we'd use this week's episode just to do a bit of a catch up, chat a little bit about the stuff that we've been up to this week, which we will do, and then chat about some of the things that have been in the news. It'll be a short and sweet episode. We're going to keep it like Danny DeVito, short and funny. Uh, so much. <laughs> What's your week been like, mate? It's good, but it's funny you say that because I was watching that Arnold Schwarzenegger um, documentary that's on Netflix right now. Have you seen uh -huh. that yet? No, not yet. Just talking about, you know, remember he did Twins, Twins with Danny yeah. yeah, that's quite interesting though. He a uh, big whiskey guy. Listen to my brother. That one. <laughs> oh, can you tell everyone the time you met Arnie in California? Yeah, that was my first week. Actually, I've got two. I've got two funny, two funny things then to tell you because I met uh, I met Danny DeVito as well at the Super Bowl one year <laughs> in an elevator. Yeah, actually, with with Woody Harrelson, it's the funniest elevator ride I've ever had in my life. Uh, but my first week in uh, California, I moved to Santa Monica, and people who live in Santa Monica know this. Arnold Schwarzenegger rides his bicycle around Southern California pretty much, but every day he's out on his bike, and he's got a security detail that kind of run behind him. And I think because he was time, the governor at the time, right? He was governor at the time, yeah. So he was governor at the time. So cycling around, and he pulled up to a red light as I was standing at the the crosswalk. We, we went across the street, and folk were like nudging people like that's that's Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I just without uh, without kind of even introducing myself, I just went, "I need your clothes, your boots, and your bicycle." And he just looked at me, <laughs> stared me down. And then drove off, like cycled off. I was like, whoops. Everybody else in the crosswalk was like laughing and giggling at me, like, oh, it was pretty funny. But no, it didn't it didn't go down there. <laughs> like, Can't who's imagine your daddy that. and what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> Get in the chapel. He Dude, didn't like so it. Funny. Like, was I was just screaming after him as he <laughs> trying to do an impression. No, Mate, he didn't, he didn't get it. chucked out of California. That was funny. Yeah, and then, actually, speaking of Danny DeVito, at Super Bowl in Atlanta, this was a bit of a, oh, one time was at Super Bowl, but I, I did get invited to go, and it was a lot of fun, and I was in the hotel, uh, and I was like, oh, I forgot something in my room, and I got in the elevator, and then Danny DeVito and Woody Harrelson got in the elevator with me, so it was only the three of us, and we went all the way up, like, we're staying on the kind of higher floors, and uh, as we were going up, I was like, no one's going to believe this. Like, nobody's going to believe that the three of us, like, I got in an elevator with you two guys. I was like, and we're chatting away and, like, having a bit of banter. And I was like, like, do you mind if I get a quick picture? Like, which I don't usually do. So I take a photograph, went back to my room. And about 20 minutes later, I got all my stuff and I went back to the elevator to go downstairs. And the two of them were back in the same elevator waiting to go back down. So, no oh. way. Yeah, I swear to God, yeah. So we got they back in the elevator chatting away. And then they were like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I work in the whiskey business. And Woody Harrelson 
lit up like a Christmas tree. We get back downstairs and we're talking about Japanese. So he's a massive Japanese whiskey fan, believe it or not. And this was before I even worked in Japanese whiskey. So we're talking about different Scotch whiskeys. And then he really kind of lit up and he was like talking about different Japanese whiskeys that he liked. And we were standing outside the the hotel for probably about 15 minutes. His driver and the rest of his party were like, we got to go. We're going to be late for the Super Bowl. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a minute. I want to talk about it. And he really like lit up. He wanted to just kind of chat away about whiskey. So there you That's go. That's funny, man. Well, Speaking and, of Arnie, by the way, and, and this is a shameless uh, request plug, but you know I've been hitting the gym pretty hard, Mitch. Arnold I Schwarzenegger, that, yeah. Off. I know, thanks, man. <sighs> I pick things up, I put things down. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I've been doing, Arnold Schwarzenegger partnered up with LeBron James and created like these protein powders and pre-workout shakes and things like that. It's pretty cool. Um, he's actually in a documentary about protein and like all the things. He's gone kind of vegan, like full vegan. Uh, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, because he used to be about, yeah, you got to eat like two steaks a day. And yeah, he did like 20, 20 hamburgers, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like wild. And then he, he's there's a, there's a really great uh, documentary on Netflix that he's talking about different proteins and they're like why it's kind of nonsense and not very good for you. But basically him and LeBron James uh, partnered up with a company called Ladder and started making uh, protein shakes and things and i've been using them for about four months five months they're killer maybe even longer than that like maybe six months they're fantastic like and have made a difference to my workout regime so people at ladder if you're listening feel free to send me some free samples because mitch gets all the whiskey around here <laughs> you, know, you know that only works with me it doesn't work with you no one seems I know. to want to send you anything That's, honestly like even with star Wars, like they're supposed to send whiskey out here as well you've already got your samples and it's like this <laughs> is a, a nightmare Speaking hey, of uh, what well, I want to keep, I'm going to keep on the celebrity vibe here because we're going to chat about what we've been up to. Yeah. And you sent me a picture, which we posted on our, on our, uh, our Instagram story uh, with uh, Marky Mark. I did. Mark Wolbert, I mean, right. I Tell did. us about that. Dude, this is just my lifestyle now. Just rubbing shoulders with rich and famous. Right. <laughs> well, you're getting free samples. I'm just hobnobbing with A-list celebs <laughs> from Hollywood. Actually, this was pretty cool. So th- I went to Discus, which is the Still Spirits Council of the United States. Uh, conference and we were out there for some meetings as well uh, and it just happened to coincide with with discus and one of the presenters for this was mark Wahlberg. and for those of you who don't know obviously we chatted a couple of weeks ago about all the the celebrity fact it was just yeah two weeks ago i think we we're chatting about all the celebrity stuff and we'll talk about some of that backfiring in this week's episode as well but um, Mark Wahlberg was was one of the guest speakers and i thought oh here we go and actually funnily enough i know somebody uh, through through different contacts of, of people as they were putting this brand together. So the first thing that he said when he got on stage is, this is not my tequila. And I was like, hmm. well, wait a minute. Because most celeb brands are like, oh, this is mine and I did this. Like the, the, the ego aspect of them being involved in something is about, well, it's about me. And that's usually how most celebrity brands are put together. Trust me, we were on the receiving end of one of these phone calls. We entertained the conversation and then told an A-list celebrity that their celebrity wasn't what we wanted. Either you're an investor or you're not an investor. That's it. So for me to hear someone like Mark Wahlberg stand up and be like, here's what happened. These guys came to me with a really great tequila brand. And then mm-hmm. I went to Mexico. I met the family. So And, and actually, if you, you can look up the norm. So the thing with most tequila brands is you... They need to declare the, on the norm, which basically tells you exactly where the, te- the te- tequila comes from. And you'll find that there are, you know, one house of tequila will probably be making multiple brands out there, right? 
Yeah, and they'll be doing different things with them and creating different flavor profiles. But for the best part, it's you know there's there's, there's a handful of you know maybe a couple of hundred of uh, tequila houses noms, and they're producing mo- almost all of the brands out there. So, um, but what was really interesting about Mark Wahlberg and he was like, look. I, I didn't come into this being like, yeah, I want to be the face of the brand. What he did was say, they they came to him and said, we need money. Like we, we, we're like a startup brand, like any great startup brand. Like we've got a great product. We've got the ability to scale it. We've got great customers that want to buy it. And he was like, yeah, I'll invest. And he did. They poured, poured millions of his own money into the, into the support that they needed to go out and scale the brand and build into the distributors and all the rest of it in the US market. And yes, he goes out and supports it. And yes, he is a very well-known celebrity, but he stands in liquor stores. Like he even told a story like, and I've seen this happen and it actually happened to us as well, where I've seen A-list celebrities and you can look them up, you know, uh, for, for argument's sake, let's say it's somebody whose name rhymes with Brian Benolds. So they might walk into a store and Why talk are you about- not saying Ryan Reynolds' name? You've been <laughs> dropping like trust, 20 trust other me. celebrity like, I've seen there. them go into stores. They stand for 10 minutes. They take a photo up and then they walk out the door. And I've seen it happen with Ryan. I've seen it happen with other celebrities out there because they, look, they, because they don't see it like that. They don't see, they're not in our business. They don't know how difficult it is to stand in the shop floor and speak to customers for three hours. Yeah. And uh, Mark Wahlberg does because he stands in the shop floor and tastes people on his brand I mean, for hours dude, at a time. Here's, here's the question. Does he listen to the show? Uh, well, we'll post it out to his team and see what happens. <laughs> Do you know what? It'd be great to have him on as a guest. He was one. He was a, he was a good speaker, but he was there. You know, uh, it's it's not just him. So you know, the team behind what's going on is very impressive. And I said that in my post on LinkedIn and stuff. You know, the thing for me that really stood out was he saw an opportunity to invest into the people behind the brand. So Aaron Marquez. Is, is the guy that kind of helped put it all together. And there are other people, and there's a, you know, there's a celebrity golfer who's involved in this and other people that are involved in it. But the difference in this is that they put money in. They didn't, they didn't expect mm. equity on the brand because they're celebrities. And if you think about that for a minute, you know, that, that, the equivalency in their world would be like Steven Spielberg saying, I'm not paying you for your acting talent. Uh, you can just tell people you were in a Steven Spielberg movie. And uh, I'll take equity of, of whatever work you've put in. That's the equivalency of what most celebrities expect when they come to the table. And don't get me wrong, look at how successful it is. You know, when when a celebrity says, I'm not going to put any money into this, but you can use my name and we'll call it my brand and I'll take 60% or 80% of the profits and you can keep 20%. Well, that's 20% of those profits makes a lot of difference when you're selling millions and millions of dollars worth of product. But the reality yeah. is, is that, the hard work and the effort to the, the 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 tequila makers or the whiskey makers or whoever the brand happens to be isn't being recognized. Really what's happening is that the fan base of that celebrity are trying to support that celebrity and pour billions of dollars of profits back into already wealthy people who've got nothing to do with the booze business. So at least Mark Wahlberg was smart enough to say, I don't know how to make tequila. I'm not a tequila maker. This is not my world. But I can tell you what, I went down there, I spent two weeks with the family watching and learning how tequila was made, understanding why this tequila brand was better and more special and more unique. I worked with Aaron to make sure that we had an opportunity to understand what the business model looked like. And then they asked me for money and I put money in and I thought, here's a guy that gets why this is different. This is the best in class example I've seen of what it should look and feel like to put together a celebrity brand. Talking about tequila 
and celebrity brands, right? In the news today, this is this is a nice little segue, Nicholas. Well done there. Thanks, We've man. got um, P Diddy, <laughs> whatever he's called now, Diddy. He's well, I mean, he was trying to sue Diageo, right? Because he's trying to say that um, his tequila brand wasn't getting enough love. I think it's mm-hmm. called uh, De Leon Tequila. Uh, wasn't getting enough love from from Diageo, and so and, what, uh, and all the other things that he's made with him. Yeah. It's the crazy thing, right? So reading this, it says that he has made over a billion dollars from Ciroc and that deal with Diageo. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, you can't. What's, why is he moaning about that? Why is he trying to take them to court? I don't know. There must be something going on. But I, I think this is a whole part about he's saying that uh, it's 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 a whole racism thing, right? That he's not getting enough love for them, and it's a racism thing, and he's not. Yeah, not, this is so the, the lawsuit's pending, so we'll wait and see how that one pans out. I think that's a big ask to prove that. I think there's been a yeah, long-term yeah. partnership, and sometimes here's the reality is brands have a life cycle in some instances. So as a good example of a celebrity brand, his celebrity brands have been around for a long time. And big now time. what you're seeing is the new run of like most people will be like, Who's who's P. Diddy? <laughs> Ask yeah. a 22-year-old who P. Diddy is, and they'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Good point. Right. So anyway, so, well, welcome to not another celebrity podcast. Correct. Where we talk about celebrities. <laughs> this, probably no celebrities ever coming yeah. on. <laughs> um, what else you been up to, mate? Apart from going to discus and hanging out with Marky Mark. Do you know what? That was pretty cool. And he's a he's a really good guy. Like really, like he's a he's a guy that stood and and shook hands and kissed babies for another kind of couple hours but after you've being got on a total stage. man crush on him now. I no, bet you no, were. No, uh, no. You, you're, what was he in? What was he? I was going to say New Kids on the Block, but he wasn't in New Kids on the Block, was no, it? No, it was Marky Mark and Funky Bunch, mate. I bet you, you, you've got that on vinyl, haven't you? You listen to vinyl? that every night. <laughs> CD. Maybe. Or tape. you got a tape for it. Tape cassette. Exactly. <laughs> we got a four track. <laughs> so, yeah, some pretty cool um, things going on in the whiskey world overall. Uh, just on some new releases, if we want to start talking about some of the cool things that are kind of hitting the market. Uh, Kanasuke Distillery from Japan, um, from the Kagoshima Prefecture, have released a single malt. Uh, again, uh, it's, a, it's a five-year-old, so it's a relatively young but fresh and vibrant product. Uh, they've got three pot stills there. Again, traditional way of looking at Japanese whiskey. Rather than creating blends and working with people, they create lots of stills. So they've got three different uh, stills themselves that allows them to produce different new makes and different distillates. Uh, you know, both working with peated and unpeated malt. Um, they specifically work for the single malts in a ratio of 85 to 15. So, you know, 15% of, 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 of uh, peated, peated malt going into that mix, I'm assuming. And they also have grain whiskey that they've been producing since 2010 for their other future blends. But this is pretty cool. So they're using uh, bourbon casks and sherry casks. They use IPA and different wine casks. But in this one, uh, they predominantly use ex sochu casks. So most whiskey distilleries in Japan right now that are getting whiskey licenses previously did other things, right? So the licenses that are coming back out and being issued out are going to distilleries that have maybe produced sake or beer or sochu or, or other things. And now they've got, you know, those barrels and those casks on hand in order to do finishing and cask maturation for the, for the distilled spirit. So it's pretty cool. Uh, it's bottled at 48% ABV. Um, and it's non-chill filtered and non-coloured, so pretty fun stuff. Uh, moving back over to Scotland, we've got a new timorous beastie expression that's come out from Douglas Lang. So this is a uh, blended malt finished in uh, port, I believe, 
interestingly enough, they've gone for this angle that it can be drunk with cheese. So uh, they've called this the Cheese Cellar Collection, which I quite like. Like a little bit of cheese with, with whiskey. What do you think on that? You, you like some cheese with whiskey? I, I do cheese and whiskey now and again. I, I do. I mean, I mean, I'm not a massive cheese eater like i'm or i'm very specific i quite like hard cheese i'm not a big soft cheese fan so those kind of big stinky things like, like brie that. not not a fan of brie i, do, uh, do, I like no, a bit of blue neither. cheese a bit of blue cheese with a smoky whiskey for me works really well um, i remember doing that like way back in my diageo days lagavulin and blue cheese that was our jam uh, but going like back feet. to it smells like feet it does smell like uh, feet. but it smells like your feet. going back to this <laughs> <laughs> this is bottled uh, without chill filtration, natural color, 48% ABV, uh, released into the market with only 4,200 bottles. No idea on the price because where we found this doesn't talk about the price. Kirsch Imports, uh, which is a German import company, have started a partnership with Tom and Tool. In order to celebrate that, Tom and Tool have produced um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cask finishes here. Mitch, I'm going to let you talk about some of them as well, but like, obviously everything seems to have gone into a bourbon, American oak bourbon cast to begin, and then they've been finishing something unique and special, which is bottled at 40% ABV and chill filtered. Um, so you've got the Caribbean rum cask finish, which I'm always a massive fan of, of rum cask finishes anyway, whether it's been Ben Reich, whether it's been obviously Balfenny, um, and and some stuff as well that we've seen from, from Glenfiddich, uh, always great. Cognac cask, again, another cask finishing that I'm a big fan of. The stuff that came out from Glen Morangy was delicious. So I'm looking forward to getting a little taste of Tom and Tool. But you've you're getting some of this stuff. Or is, am I am I wrong? <laughs> you are wrong. We had this conversation before, remember? Mm. Said it's Glen Cadam. Oh, uh, you're getting Glen Cadam. Company. Oh, the the partner company. Like oh, but I'm sure it won't take long before you start chatting them up for some of this either. So they've got well, yeah, a I mean, cask. I'm a I'm a big, big fan of uh, Tom and Tal, uh, Cody, that looks after it. Big shout yep. out to him. I know he listens to the show. Yep. Uh, they're doing some really good stuff. We've chatted about them before on the show as well. Uh, yep. Their cigar malt. That's a good one. I like that one. And anyway. Robert Fleming's a master, master of the cellar. And they're, I mean, I like the, a couple of these wine casks. I like to try the Merlot wine cask and the Pinot Noir wine cask. They have a Tawny Port cask finish, a Pedro Jimenez cask finish, and a White Port cask finish, which I think would be really, really nice. I mean, even just reading the tasting notes on that white port cask finish, stone fruits, lychees, lemon cake, vanilla bean, and ginger biscuits. Sounds like a night out. Nice. Sounds like a night out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Get it. You, had me, at, you had me at whiskey. Right. <laughs> I want to pick up on a story here uh, that came out. It dropped over here. And it was titled, uh, Where's Our Whiskey? Investors Demand Answers Over Missing Casks Worth Thousands. So this talks about a company called Spaceside Distillers, um, who are one of these companies out there that talks that that has been going to customers and saying, "Oh, you can buy a cask and then get a massive uh, return on your investment." Yep. So, turns out Bill and Kate Milnes, who live in Melbourne, Australia, they bought a hogshead uh, which was two hundred and fifty liters from the Spaceside Distillers back in nineteen ninety seven. And they paid, it says the equivalent today, around about three and a half grand. Now, they ended up um, basically getting an email saying that turns out that they didn't pay for their rent on their cask and the company have no longer got their cask and they sold it on. So, Oof. you know, classic example of these companies that are doing this right now. And yeah. I'm not 
by any means saying that they're all super sketchy, but you have to be so careful uh, about, about what's going on. The article also goes on to say that um, another couple who had a much larger cask uh, went on to, they, they've been trying to find out where they ca their cask is and they're literally not getting any reply from the company right now. Um, so, you know, this, they, the company invite them on. to them. <laughs> oh, let me say again. Let's invite them on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, ex exactly. Yeah. So it says in, in here, a separate case, Sarah Johnston is trying to locate uh, her Speyside distiller's cask bought in 96. And this was twice the size, values up to 30 grand. She turns around and says, I've been fobbed off or ignored with emails, not being answered or replies, saying that they'll look into it, followed by nothing useful. useful. So, That's yeah, awful. that doesn't look good. And, you know, we reported on a story a while back about uh, a young guy, an English guy over in the US who's now serving jail time uh, for blatantly ripping people off uh, by se selling casks that he didn't have. So yeah. I, I don't know, man. There seems to be a lot of this coming out of the woodwork now. All right. Honestly, here's my feeling on this. Stop buying casks. If you're just a person with a lot of money, stop buying casks because all you're doing is buying barrels from either an investment company who do not know yeah. about whiskey making and barrels and they're just yep. filling or buying anything on the open market, or two, you've been part of a Ponzi scheme where look at what's happening now. People are finding yep. out, oh, wait a minute, that barrel doesn't exist, or I didn't pay the rent, or I didn't read the small print. Fundamentally, if you're a whiskey fan, like why are you buying barrels? Just buy whiskey. Wait for the best companies in the world and the best master blenders to release whiskeys that they think are fantastic, and then spend your money on that, rather than I need to own a barrel. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Like, this is just go and buy a bottle of whiskey. Go buy a bottle of whiskey. Open it up and drink it. Support That's support it. the industry by buying the products that people have gone, this exists and it's real. If you're in the business of saying, well, I wanted to own a cask, trust me, one, you don't know how to nose and taste from a cask. You don't know how to develop a cask from new make spirit to 25 years old. You just don't know how to do it. It's an art form. It's a skill. People go to universities and college to understand biochemical engineering and all these things in order to get their degrees in chemistry in order to become master blenders it's not just a put my finger in the air and i put down the money this is this is an art form and a skill please stop giving these people your money and uh, stop thinking if, if it's some kind of investment fund in london or new york or rome <laughs> like what are we doing even if it's in space scotland ask the question and, and ask yourself the question, would you rather not just take your three and a half or $5,000 and buy some really great mature whiskey and support the Scotch whiskey industry? I think that's a much and I, Well, and I think there, I, there is one exception I always say to the rule, and that is if it's a new distillery that's opening up, they look credible. Correct. You know, and they that, that's supporting them by raising if, funds for If you're them. buying direct from source, different conversation. Correct. So if you're going yeah. directly to the distillery and you can lay down a barrel and they can have the cash up front and it allows them to continue to build their space and you get a, a new filled cask that you can see going into their warehouse and it's warehoused and bonded underneath them, different conversation. Yeah. From a broker, you don't know who what you're getting into. Trust me, there's a there's a whole dark side of this industry starting to raise its ugly head and and it's up to people like us to tell people, stop doing it. Don't don't get so, caught so, up in it and just be smart. Hey, should we should we go undercover and do yes. an episode 100%. undercover? 
Yep. Find I out think you should always be selling. undercover, Mitch. Like, I would love just not to see you. If you can just put a cover <laughs> over. Have a cover. Is that what you meant? That's not what you meant? Okay. So the story I heard the other day, this is unbelievable. It was a distiller who said to me that a broker had been in touch with them, trying to sell them a cask that they already had in their warehouse. That's like, wild. How fucked up is that? Right? That's wild. <laughs> they were like, can you send us a sample of that, please? <laughs> yeah. And that's it, right? That's the, the, this is... This is the world in which we're living in that these people yeah. are, are, are opportun like anywhere, like there's a lot of opportunistic people at any size and shape in, in any industry. But the, the easy thing about this is this is easy to stamp out. It's really easy to stamp out. Stop trying to buy barrels of whiskey. Like you're in no position to determine whether a barrel of whiskey is 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 worthy of being bottled or not. You're just not. Stop buying them. Wait. Well, and then I, I think there's another aspect to that as well. You know. Do these companies need to be investigated? And I don't know who needs to to investigate it. Is the SWA or is there some rules that need to now be put in place to to stop all this? Scotland Yard, mate. I, I yeah, I think I think it's we're going to see these stories coming out on a regular basis now. It's okay. probably going to be one a month moving forward. Okay. I guarantee it, um, because it's all coming to light. I mean, what is it? It's fraud. Hundred percent. So there you go. So Scotland Yard, yeah. but yeah. but it's not isolated. And it's not small. Like it doesn't matter if you've got a boatload of money. If somebody takes something. Somebody takes three thousand dollars off you, or five thousand dollars off you, or thirty thousand dollars off you. That's a lot of money to anybody. So it mm. matters, and it matters because yeah, yeah. it's actually detrimental to the trust that the Scotch whiskey industry has cultivated over a hundred years plus. So I think that's the more important thing. And that's again where it comes back to the point I'm making is. Stop pretending that you know how to, you're not in the business of buying uh, core ingredients and trying to understand maturation. You're in the business of liking whiskey. So just buy the whiskeys that you like. Go and buy different whiskeys that you've never tried before. Take your money and invest it that way because that supports the industry and it's good for the industry. Trying to buy barrels does one of two things. Either you're getting ripped off or two, it stops independent bottlers and real brokers that know what they're doing with barrels from getting access to those barrels as well. So it's not particularly positive either, no matter how you cut it. So, and then what are you doing with it? And cool, you now own 300 bottles of the same whiskey. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> you know All right, I mean? so moving off this, um, cool. before we wrap up here, I think, uh, well, not much else to say, mate. I'm excited to, to get this episode going next week with David. Yep. Oh, oh, I did visit a new distillery. So I what went up to... Uh, Glen Glassock this week, which mm -hmm. was pretty cool to see. I'd never seen that before. We drank some nice 74, I think it was a 74 and a 78, which was pretty cool. But lovely distillery. When I say lovely distillery, lovely location, it's got a bit of that 60s kind of vibe to it. You know, Industrial. 60s architecture yeah. in Scotland wasn't the best, but really cool to see it. I mean, we, we went in there, it was silent at the time, and it, it kind of felt like it had this uh really old school vibe to it which it does uh neil strachan who's their new distillery ambassador for brown foreman took us around as well so yeah it was interesting to see mate we need to uh take you up there next time you're over the juice is good the old juice great is great juice. the old well, the old whiskeys are baller they've got a new series that has just came out as well we should have mentioned that in the news um and i tried all three of them so i think that's one where you know we need to get rachel barry on the show uh, so start that conversation, get her on to talk about all these uh, incredible whiskies that she's been producing for Brown Foreman. Absolutely. Uh, be a giggle. I, I'm, and, I'll, um, I'll make the call. 
You make the call. I make, I'll the, make call. the call. I, I always have to make the call. You never make the call. Okay, you make the call. I'll speak to Mark Wahlberg. We'll see if we can do a tequila finished in whiskey bottles. <laughs> yeah, with Rachel Barry. There with you go. Rachel Barry. And we'll sell it by the barrel to anybody that wants to give us $30,000. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. You can follow us on Not Another Whiskey Podcast on uh, Instagram. Check us out online at our website. Again, notanotherwhiskeypodcast.com. And yeah, sign up for a newsletter and we shall see you next week. Back to y'all.